0: this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to take a minute and thank our incredibly generous sponsors, Custom Concrete Specialists, PML Construction, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Liquid Trucking, Risk Skill Consulting. Thank you one and all. We really appreciate your support. Now today's episode. All right. Thanks, Dylan. We're on. Hey guys, welcome back to What's the Hazard. It is Friday, February 23rd. Another beautiful morning here in Omaha, Nebraska. This It is Omaha, right? I mean, it's been 60 degrees and sunny every day.
1: I didn't even bring a jacket. You're in a shirt sleeves. <laughs> exactly.
0: It is incredible. And another beautiful morning. Uh, I hope you had a good week. Um, I had a really good week, So, and I'm not gloating, but I know it goes up and down. So if you had a good week, good for you. Uh, if you had a difficult week, man, uh, reach out to someone, make some connections, don't. You know, don't suffer by yourself if you don't have to. So, um, and things will get better. You know, I, at least in my experience. So, you recognize my guest? He's been with me before, Ezra Schlecht. He is the uh, just a regular guy. That just works. a regular <laughs> guy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we we would call you a loss control consultant, perhaps. You know, one would away sometimes. from the podcast, yeah. but regular guy on the podcast. That's right, Marsh McLennan Agency. Yep. Uh, MMA. I love the
1: acronym. Yeah, I'm a big fan of MMA. Yeah, everybody gets it confused, right? I'm sure they do,
0: man. Well, they look at you and see MMA, and they think, "Guy's a fighter." Yeah, no, he's not a fighter. (laughs) Not when you don't have to. That's right. Only when necessary. Well, thank you for coming back. Absolutely. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm glad to be here. Did you have a good week? It was a good week. Yeah, it's kind of been. What's your week like? What's a typical week for you like? So. They're all different, which is what I like, yeah. right? It's it's nice to have a little bit of variety and be different. So Monday, I flew to, where did I fly to? Detroit. Hmm. Uh, hung out there, did a training, then spent the day in the airport, which the day in the airport feels like days in real life. Yes. Um, and then I came back, and then the next morning I got up early and I bombed out uh, to Antelope County, Nebraska. So about a three-hour drive for me. Did some trainings and inspections there. Came back Uh, yesterday. I was here in town. Nice. uh, Met with Anthony. Got grabbed a coffee with him.
0: Good. Our friend Anthony Blake. That's right. Your good friend and my new friend. So
1: yeah. And then today, well, I came from an appointment and now I'm here. Very good, man. So it was a good week. I
0: love that. I love the fact that it's always changing. It's Mm -hmm. different. It's I've done the routine jobs before that I, I find those challenging sometimes for me, you know. So one of the aspects of safety that I do love is the you know, every day is somewhat different. Yeah. You know, this week I did a couple of site visits. Monday was a site visit at a regular client. Tuesday was a site visit. Wednesday and Thursday, Chris Bryant and I did a 30 hour, you know, day three and four of a 30-hour class. Oh, that's great. Which was wonderful. It was our friends down at Hawkins Construction you know, what an impressive group of guys. It was a bunch of young guys. They have some superintendents and leads and other, some laborers in the class. And uh, we did a 30-hour construction. And I, I told them, I, I, I almost don't enjoy doing 30-hour constructions anymore because I... It's a commitment. It is a commitment for them and for you. Both. And you go in, and I, I have encountered resistance in the construction world before doing to the safety? training. Yes. No <laughs> <laughs> exactly, way. Exactly, <laughs> brother. Exactly. That's it. And I, I, I just, I'm too old to fight back at this point, it seems like. But this was a group of young, energetic, curious guys, and the class was excellent. That's great. And in large part, that's Chris Bryant, because he's excellent. Just seeps
1: enthusiasm. He just,
0: you know, he just, you know, he just brings people in. He, he is like a shepherd, like a safety shepherd. Yeah, you, you know? can't not. Enjoy
1: his classes,
0: I, and and Ted Martinez, the safety guy down there, was is excellent, and he really, he just conveys that sincerity. I think the guys also get that. So I had a great week this week. They're not always like that, but I'm yeah. grateful for having the good ones. You yeah, know, no, so. that's awesome.
1: You know, it's I well, I do a, a fair amount of training, right? And I when I do, I primarily do ten hours, thirty hours of commitment. Uh, I would right? much prefer a ten. So the the vast majority spent there um for the authorized training and i always like to preface like who's had the class before right cuz there's the common misconception that your card expires mm, right true. government says abu dhabi bless you got a card <laughs> right. um that does not expire right should it well probably we can leave that up for a discussion but uh, i think that you know there's some employers that are requiring hey do you got a card okay cool Next question is: Is it current within five years? Is kind of the rumor mill that I hear. Yeah, I've seen a lot, and I think that's I think that's fair, right? Because the folks who are holding these cards, the tens, the thirties, both safety is not their primary, right? So it's the same reason first aid CPR expires over two years, right? So we're it's not you know we're not doing it every day. We forget things. We get into our zone. You know, they get into a flow state and they start building widgets mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and they forget things. So I think having that refresher, I completely is, agree, is beneficial.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But where I was going with that is the classes are, you know, I say who's got the card. I get a couple hands. They say, well, hopefully this one's better than the last one, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that the trainer, the content a little bit, because you got a little bit of autonomy there to mm-hmm. create your own mm-hmm. content. Um. So I don't love the canned stuff. Um. <laughs> No one but does. I think that, you know, the trainer and Chris does a, an excellent job, right? He's super energetic and motivated yeah. about it. So I think that, you know, a ten hour is not a ten hour, right? Totally. Um, so a trainer really drives that. I have a ten hour card. Somebody told me I needed one once upon a time, not too long ago, right? And I said, I don't need a card to get on the site. I give cards out. I'm a trainer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you still need a card. Okay, well. So I kicked it around a little bit. I ended up getting a card. I did the online one. Yeah. yeah. The online stuff's trash. I totally agree. You know, I, I think it next to worthless. It's, you know, do you have a 10 hour card? Question number one, question number two, where'd you get it? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if it's my site and I'm the GC, you get an online or you don't have a, a trainer in person, go to an on, you know, in person mm-hmm. one. I agree. Because yeah, granted I teach a class. So I know the answers to the 10 hour stuff, but you know how I got mine? was watching Monday night football and I was clicking, <laughs> right? I mean, right. and and yes. I might've been born at night, but not last night. And I know right. that's what the guys are doing. Right. Of course. So I think that, you know, trainer and content really
0: drive. Without question. That's a, that's a great observation too, man. And I know that that wasn't kind of where we were headed here, but the online thing gets you the card and you can check the block mm-hmm. and that's about it. I don't. You know, I I know people that have done the online, and I've said, you know, I know that you're doing this because of a time constraint or whatever that might be. We don't have enough people to complete a full class, so we can't – you just have one or two people that need Mm -hmm. the training. So when they've completed the training, let's get together, and we can talk about the material at least. Right. You know, that's above and beyond. It's not required. It's certainly not – but I think, you know, just leaving them there with an online class is – Ridiculous,
1: yeah, because it's you know? you know if we hit play and it's the robot reading mm-hmm. to you or mm-hmm. and you know those classes are, in my opinion, they're designed to be hazard recognition, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can you learn a little bit behind a screen? Yeah, sure but not what you're going to take out of a true class. Right. And then you can right. bounce ideas off of each other in a class. And the discussion is really the most important yeah, part. Yeah, that's what I enjoy about going to classes yeah. myself. Right, I do you're a good
0: trainer, man. The
1: discussion. Well, I you, like to think you, you, that. S- you seem
0: passionate, you know? I am, yeah. And that, and that is the most important part of this. I've been to classes. When I was with OSHA, people would ask, well, can somebody come out and just talk a little bit about OSHA in my 30-hour class? And I would sit in the back waiting for my opportunity to speak, and they would be reading through the mm. CFR. Yeah. And I'm not going to mention names, but trainers in this town. Sure. Okay. Page 364, and they would start reading subparagraphs, and I'm thinking, oh, these poor bastards are going to, you know, mm. yeah. pass out. This is
1: ridiculous. You know, we, we take tactile people and we put them in a the chair. It's hard to keep them awake, number one. Number two, we get the Bueller. <laughs> or the charlie brown like the, right womp, the, womp, yeah, yeah. we're not keeping anybody awake for that no you know and then you start that's reading so your your faces in the book and yeah yeah it's interesting not so not fun sounds like you had a good week yeah it was a good week good
0: man and so i know you got some things that you want to talk about i've got some questions for you we can save till the end yeah that's,
1: that's what's going too. on so what's, I, what's on your mind i just came from a place with some of our mutual friends from the government, mm-hmm. so I got mm-hmm. a couple questions. Um, and you having been, oh, you're been, asking me questions? Yeah, I oh, got. Shit, I, man. We're flipping the script here. <laughs> oh, no. um, the inspection process, mm-hmm. as it relates, most specific to the nerd side, right? The IH side. Mm-hmm. I'm a safety guy, just regular, mm-hmm. right? I don't know all the nerdy health stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that's walk through. We can stay high level, but what that in- inspection process looks like, you know, the, what am I doing? And then typical mm-hmm. timeframes associated to that. Yeah. So I get.
0: What happened? One of your, one of your clients got in, had
1: an inspection or something. Was yeah. it a health, health inspection? Health inspection. Okay. Yep. So I H rolls out. I H rolls out. Cause so it was a complaint. It was a, complaint. it was a complaint. Okay. All right.
0: Air contaminant or some?
1: Yeah, something uh, ACM.
0: Like that. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Those are kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. So, complaint happens, and then what's the process from there?
0: Okay. Well, if the complaint is valid, which is questionable, you know, a complaint that initiates an on site inspection with only a few exceptions has to come from a current employee, mm-hmm. it has to be specific. You know, so you can't just say, oh, that place sucks. You need to get out there. You know, you have to be very specific in the nature of the hazards, as you just mentioned. And then, you know, the compliance officer, knowing what the hazard, alleged hazard would be, can then the IH can prepare, you know, the sampling media, the pumps or whatever is necessary to do that and come out to the site. You know, you would have to still get, you'd go through the same opening conference. You'd have to go through the same, you know, get permission to conduct the inspection. Mm -hmm. All of those things would be the same, and then conducting the inspection would just be a matter of identifying where that where the alleged hazard is located, mm-hmm. um, identifying people that could be sampled. You know, they have to do. It is really unusual to issue a citation from an area sample. I don't think I ever did. It's all personal sampling. Right. So you'd have to identify identify some folks that. Would be representative of the exposure, you know, sample them. And then the performance of the sampling, whether it be asbestos or welding or whatever that might be, if it's an air contaminant, there are very specific procedures that have to be followed per the tech manual.
1: Is that same day sampling happening or are we coming back to uh, perform that? You know, that depends. Um,
0: I think the agency wants it to be same day sampling. Mm-hmm. But the IHs would like to have an opportunity to see what they're going to be doing and prepare for that, develop some type of a sampling strategy, which is kind of difficult to do on the fly sometimes. So if it was me, I would rather come back. Sure. You know, my buddy Phil, still, you know, the the head IH mm-hmm. over there, He, he they would we would generally come back um, if that's possible. Right. But there are times where you come prepared to do the sampling based on the nature of the complaint and things like that. And- you know sometimes if you're concerned that the the conditions are going to change dramatically or you may not you know I can remember when we were sampling silica all over the state and the employers would change what they were doing that would to affect the outcomes you know sure. open doors you know middle of december all yeah. the overhead doors are wide open and th- things it's like that you there. know sure. there's a little bit of manipulation that can mm-hmm. occur so i guess you know that would kind of depend travel times, travel distances. Um, you know, you need a full, you need a full day of sampling. You need to get at least seven hours of sampling. If it's an eight hour work day, those kind of things. And so maybe travel and stuff might impact that. Right. So I guess it's variable. The one thing that I see that, that was often wrong was just the, the method of sampling, the way they sampled, for example, uh, as an example, um, welding fume is supposed to be done inside the helmet right? rather than outside the helmet mm-hmm. because the, the welding helmet Deflex. impacts, you know, the breathing zone and the way that the, you know, the, the movement of the fume and things like that. But if you're in a respirator or if you're in like a blasting hood or something, it's supposed to be outside. And so I saw a lot of hygienists sample incorrectly, obviously not Phil because Phil's a really bright cat, but. Other guys that didn't really get sure. it would do it wrong. And then that the information isn't quite as valid. You know, you have to. The garbage in, garbage out. Right? Yeah. And from an enforcement standpoint, it needs to be valid. Right. I mean, if I'm just doing sampling to try to gauge exposure levels and maybe come up with some control strategies. Okay. It needs to be pretty accurate. But mm-hmm. if you're going to be enforcing it, it needs to be done correctly.
1: That's got to stand up in
0: court. Right. Got to be able to stand up in court. You got, I mean, you got you know, the pre calibrations, the post calibrations. Just the you know the breathing breathing zone establishing all that stuff. So, so did you run? Do you have some questions about how it yeah, was conducted? Well,
1: a little <laughs> bit. Not I mean a little bit for me, but a little bit for everybody else too. Okay. Right. So, opening conference, same day or next day sampling typically mm-hmm. is fair to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While the pumps are hung and we're getting the data, mm-hmm. what's the I H normally doing? It's supposed to be monitoring the the sampling. Are we doing? employee interviews at that point in time you or could. is that post sample collection Oh, uh, you
0: could do you could do some interviews during that time i mean um since it's a limited scope you probably only allow access to those areas where you have employees that are participating in the sampling i used to you know you're supposed to check regularly on the sampling to make sure the pumps are running to make right. sure that they haven't tampered with it or you know i used to put Samples on people and pumps, and then I'd come back out and they'd have their sweatshirt on, and now the sampler was covered, and the, the you know, or my pump had stopped, and now all of a sudden, you know, this the data I'm going to be getting could be questionable, you know, right. so you got to stay on top of that. You could probably squeeze in some interviews during that time frame. Um, wandering around, I wouldn't you know, certainly allow I would try to just kind of, Oh, well, yeah.
1: You're going to try to deviate, limit them, you know, keep keep them contained on there on point. (laughs) Yeah. Just like a herd a cat, right? Exactly. Keep them in the box. Exactly. Some
0: some people will even do, I mean, on a few occasions, they will do side by side monitoring. Mm -hmm. They'll bring in a third party to do the monitoring so you can compare because shit. I mean, how do you know if this is valid or not? Right. You know, the information that they're, they're writing up a citation now, that alleges this is the what we found, but in retrospect, a lot of the data wasn't, you know, it might have been a short sampling period, you know, it was an eight-hour workday, but I only got three hours of sampling in, or, you know, that's not sure. copacetic necessarily, so I you think you're going to get a...
1: Well, so no. there's
0: no way they're overexposed, right? No, no,
1: no, no. No, it's it's a funky deal, which is kind of why I am I'm prefacing with the time frame. Uh-huh. And then so we collect samples, then we send the samples off, we get the mm-hmm. samples back, you have the data. Do you bring the data in and then at that point would you do a closing conference or at, at what point would you do that?
0: Yeah, I would need yes, you would wait until you've gotten your samples back. And they go off to Salt Lake City. You know, the laboratory for Osha is in Salt Lake City. And they run slow. They're always behind. The
1: government runs slow. Yeah. Wow. Imagine (laughs) such a thing. Can you believe it?
0: I mean, we were running up against the six-month statute at times, waiting for samples to come back if they were really... So on that
1: six-month before I forget, sorry, Doug. Yeah. You have 180 days from opening to 180 days, what has to be done by day 180? Yes. Everything?
0: Yes. Everything has to be completed. So... The start date depends on if it's an accident or a fatality, the day of the incident triggers the clock. Okay. If it's a, like what you've just described, a complaint, yes, that opening conference date starts the clock. And then you have 180 days to complete the investigation or inspection, whatever it is. Do your sampling, get your analysis, evaluate what you've got, and issue citations Bring with, it back
1: to the supervisor. They've got AD, to, yeah, they've WAD. got to be
0: reviewed, get signed, and issued. So you will have had your closing conference mm-hmm. within 180 days. If sure. it exceeds 180 days, the statute. But then has been we exceeded. got a problem. Mm-hmm. Then there can be a problem with that. Yeah. So I wait on my sample results from Salt Lake City. I get those back. I do my calculations. Mm-hmm. Those are always questionable. You know, did, did you do your calculations correctly? Again, Phil, no problem. Anybody else, I'd question it. Sure. I'd want to see the calculations, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And um, which is, I, I found lots of mistakes in the calculations of some of the guys that worked for me at times, you know. I mean, not I'm not casting aspersions well, or I mean, we, but it's part of the process. Yeah, we, man. Something
1: happens. Sure. Miscal- uh,
0: some people don't know how to do the calculations.
1: Yeah. They calculate, it wrong, time they calculate it wrong. And so, averages or-
0: but now I've, if I've got overexposures, yeah. Then I do my, my closing conference and say, yeah, we're going to, I'm proposing citations for this, this, and this mm-hmm. knowing that I got overexposures. And then there is a, a confidence level that, you know, so I've got this number back and it has to be within this upper and lower confidence level in order to issue a citation.
1: So if it's because point it's zero. And over. There's
0: variability to all sampling, right? right? So yeah. So if it doesn't meet that for example, like with there's a standard analytical error that accompanies any sampling, there's variability in it. And like with noise, if if the sampling came back at Well, in order for me to cite somebody for not having a hearing conservation, they had to be at 66% of the dose. 50% dose triggers hearing conservation, but in order to cite you for that, you had to include that analytical error component. So I couldn't cite you for being over the PEL unless you were at 132% dose rather than 100. So the OSHA guy has to consider that as well. So there's a lot that... To be considered, and I would always question industrial hygiene work, even Phil's, even though ah. I know Phil does it right. Right. But you need to question it because there's a lot of opportunity for mistakes in there. Right. But your guys aren't going to be over no, so the Best. Is... Are we alleging a, an exposure that happened in the past?
1: Yeah. So as, as we know, construction starts, we come in, we take care of business, and we're gone. Mm-hmm. Right? And we close mm-hmm. up shop, or this project's done. Now what? Now there's nothing to mm-hmm. sample, okay? So I get my complaint in as a co-show. I have to process it. You know, supervisor, mm-hmm. you're, you're not busy. You go do it. Right. I go out there and I say, okay, opening conference happens, and they all look a little bit different just based off the person, of right? Course. Always. So opening conference happens, um, and then if I don't have a site to go to or any samples to take, what would my steps look like then? Uh, there
0: was nothing to say. Yeah, so I'm trying to reconstruct something that happened in the past. And there are ways that OSHA has to do that. I mean, so for example, if I was looking at things that have might some might have some kind of a biological exposure indice, you know, something that could be in my urine or hair or mm. something, it's almost like a drug test. Sure, If there was a way to it, like exposure to carbon monoxide we used to have a calculation for that if i could get your carboxyhemoglobin levels from your blood i could back calculate that you were likely overexposed or something you can't really do that for asbestos you know i don't not, not that i'm aware of right. so you're trying to determine you know what was the i mean i might be able to get a bulk sample and say yeah it's positive uh but even that's questionable because who how do i determine that was the material that you were even exposed to It's kind of wonky. So then, at that (laughs) point, sounds like bullshit to me, man.
1: So then, at that point, would you? Hey, let me just do an employee interview real quick, and Uh and then be done. I'd, I'd probably
0: do an employee interview. I mean, the only thing that guys ever got cited for in the rears like that, if I can say that, you know, in the in the past, might be, and you can't really establish an overexposure. There's no way to do that, truthfully. Then I, you might be able to cite something like, well, you didn't do the initial sampling. And some of those, you know. The, but that was done. And we know that. The initial sampling was done. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, man. There's nothing. We're wasting our time. Yeah, waste right?
1: of time. Total. So. Total waste of time. We're, we're almost to month. Three? Month three. We're o-
0: waiting for some feedback.
1: Opening opening conference. Hey, what's the scoop? Eh, site's done. We're packed up and gone. Mm-hmm we leave now we're requesting employee interviews so now this complaint came in after the no fact? The complaint came triggered the inspection
0: okay but i mean but the job was done at the
1: job time. was well by the time you know we we divvy it out in uh-huh. five days mm-hmm. it's done and gone
0: by the time the compliance officer rolls on site
1: yeah okay to home office, right? Oh, shit, man. And then and then, what, what should I do? Opening conference, so it's closed up. Okay, employee interview, closing conference, same day. See you later, alligator. Yeah. Right? Right, right. What, is that how you would do it? Yeah. Not? I mean,
0: there's a, I mean, so these are non-asbestos guys, obviously. Alleging that they were exposed to, or this complainant is alleging that. But, so the only thing might be, I, I don't know how, what you could cite potentially, Training or some bullshit well, like that, maybe or something.
1: There's always something to cite, right? You Whether might be it's able to stand up in court like or that. not. It's different, yeah. right? But yeah, I'm just I'm scratching my head why it's why it's taking so long. Yeah.
0: Well, it probably got buried in the pile. You know, I got nothing. It's buried in the pile. I get my sampling results back. If you sample, no it doesn't sampling. Sound like there's any no sampling where conducted. So you're not waiting on that. So basically. There's nothing to cite, really. Normally, with my guys, and when it got 30 days old, you know, because I, I run a report on all other open cases, and if it's 30 days old and nothing's happening with I'm like, are you planning on issuing citations here or not? If it's not, close it. If you got some citations that well, you close the case, yeah. Close the case, send them the letter.
1: Closing conference should be happen done. already, though.
0: I would think so, man. There's nothing—yeah. I can't imagine what they're hung up on. Is it Phil?
1: Okay, I was gonna say No.
0: no, your no. Phil might have lost it on
1: his desk, but other than that. Yeah, I just I couldn't wrap my head around why I don't know what it could be. <clears throat> why I wouldn't do all, all the things in the same day? Yeah. Right? Just the, get it done. If there's no site to go to, no- If there's
0: no sampling, get it all done. Didn't come back, he didn't say I need to come back for some reason. No. He or she, I should say, but he, since there's no she's there's a she's in Omaha? Mm-hmm. We got a she now? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. New gal? Okay. Oh, I guess so. I, I have met her. I didn't realize she was an IH maybe or whatever. But anyway, yeah, man, it seems to me like either it's buried in the pile or they're just scraping to come up with something. Sure. You know, that's crazy, man. Those, I, I always hated those after the fact allegations. They were so difficult to 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 find any credible evidence, you
1: know? Yeah. I I mean, how do you... It's really difficult. I just feel like you're wasting, you know, time. Well, here's the issue, though. If there
0: is a hazard and it's been sitting on your desk for three months, these employees have continued to be exposed to a Yeah, we're not protecting anybody. What are we right? doing? Yeah. And if it's nothing,
1: let's just close it.
0: Get on. Go, get on to something more important. And there are certainly people out there that are being exposed to hazards Right. that we could be spending yeah, on. Yeah, there's employers
1: on. out there that... Oh, yeah. Doing all kinds of Western yeah, activities, Yeah, you see it all right? the
0: time, man. There's some real crazy crap going on out there. Yeah. And let's not waste our time on this stuff trying to come up with something.
1: Yeah, which is a great segue into what I kind of want to talk about next. Okay. Right? So I had coffee with Anthony. I'm on my way to go do what I was doing next and get hung up at a stoplight in Omaha. That's weird. <laughs> and <clears throat> thou shalt remain nameless. But I saw a gentleman in a bucket truck. Okay. Typically, if we're going to do that, we should be in fall protection. fall protection. Fall
0: Hopefully fall prevention, certainly. you know. Yeah.
1: So what she had a harness on, not well. Really? Yeah, awful. And, you know, some of those things, you know, me, I'm not a kosho, right? So I just sometimes I turn my blinders on. Sometimes yeah. I have my eyes open because so I'm like, oh, yeah, I need a photo for a class. Like, right. So it's not right. photos. Absolutely. But... You know, having fall protection, I think, is important, right? And recently you talked about, like, oh, you know, do do it differently. Well, I am, I'm bored with that.
0: At the, least for the paradigm of what we're doing. Right,
1: which is But easy. if you're using
0: fall protection, use it
1: correctly. Correct, wear it correctly. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know if that comes back to training or the guys are lazy or all the above. Um, but certainly training can be improved, right? Mm-hmm. We can do Without question. more frequent you know and then getting those harness inspections done that this one didn't look like ever mm-hmm. you know for a while what i could see right, <laughs> right. Um, did you
0: stop were you tempted to stop and say something sometimes that's
1: well no pointless i mean they were you know everything was on the ground right you, we were just in it you could see it and we're up okay. here on our like a little kid wearing a, the chest strap on his backpack, you know and <laughs> he's got his top button button. Yeah, and it's like draping off of the shoulders oh kind God. of. And I'm like, if you got into a fall, like it's not gonna be pretty Yeah, it's gonna right? mess you up. Yeah. So um but I stay in my lane. Usually I don't correct Yeah. You know. That's a tough one. Um sometimes even when I'm on sites, right? If I'm walking with the the G C or the, the sub and if Sometimes I'll say, you know, if it's like, hey, you know, maybe, you know, I always encourage them to mm-hmm. say something to their guys. Once in a while, I'll say stuff, mm-hmm. but um, so I think training can be improved, right? I think yeah. that the kit that we use can be improved. Um, I just did a, a talk over at the Almo Draft House for some guys not mm-hmm. too long ago, and it was it was all around fall protection. And they introduced me. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, this Ezra, blah, blah, blah. He's, a, he's an OSHA lawyer. And I'm like, oh, time out. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a regular guy, right? He's just a regular right. guy. Um, certainly can do billable hours like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, my price won't shock yeah, you so much right? if you take my lawyer. Yeah. Um, but no, I was talking, you know, I held up the, the bucket, right, that you can buy for $100. So I bought yeah, the bucket. Man. And I said, who knows what this is? You know, and they're all out in the crowd. A couple guys raise their hand. I'm like, you know what this is? I said, this is trash. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it. I said, right. the only good thing in here, I ripped the lid off and I pulled out the anchor. Mm-hmm. I said, it's this. The rest of it's garbage. Don't buy it. Mm-hmm. That's a good you that's know, good advice. Brand, be danged. I don't mm-hmm. care what brand it is, right? That, the bucket systems, are, they're yuck. I agree. Don't do it. Yeah, I totally agree. Sometimes a harness might be okay, right? If if you want light and fast and simplistic, and I use air quotes when I say that because putting those things on or, you know, they get twisted and you're upside down and Mm -hmm. backwards and you don't know what's what. Um, So sometimes maybe the harness, but that, the rope grab and all that Mm -hmm. is goofy. And I said, who knows how long this rope is? How long are those ropes? Standard, in the bucket. Fifty feet. Is that right? Yeah, okay. fifty feet. And then, you know, like I do with all my stuff at home, owner's manual, trash, right? <laughs> right? And I said I pulled it out and I said, do not throw this away. You guys need this. I said, How much stretch is that? Fifty foot rope. I have no idea. One per five. Is that right? Yeah. So fifty foot rope is gonna stretch five feet. No shit. Yeah. Oh my god, man. I didn't That's know that. a lot. That is right? a lot of stretch. So that's five foot that's that you have to add into your calculation. calculations. Yeah. Right.
0: Nobody's doing that.
1: No. <laughs> Those guys are that. running that thing all the way out to the end and they're walking around on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They tie a knot in the end or something and then run. Yeah. They just pull the <laughs> hand grab all the way out to the end so they can walk around and do whatever they want. Yeah. Right? And then including fall all the way to the ground. And, yeah. And,
0: there is a a roofing contractor local here that has a commercial on television shows a bunch of their guys working and coming down off the roof and stuff. And I'm seeing harnesses and ropes and things all being used in my opinion incorrectly. And I just laugh. I mean, you know, maybe good for them for trying to even show fall protection in one of their commercials. But when I worked for OSHA, my former boss Bonita Winningham used to have me call companies that had advertising for media referral. Yeah. Well, and they weren't even, I mean, we wouldn't, you know, there is that six month statute. So we have no idea when and where that commercial was filmed or whatever. So enforcement was really difficult, but she, she would still insist that I call them and point out to them that their commercial showed a bunch of unsafe and non-compliant activities. And they'd like, Who the hell is this? Yeah. I'm like, I'm just a guy. (laughs) Just like I doing my job. I'm just a guy that was told to call you and let you know that your commercial sucks, you know? Yeah. And uh, they would just usually hang up on me or something. But. Well, perception is reality,
1: right? Yeah, man. Who's to say that? Okay, I see. That's probably the way they do it. XYZ companies, commercial. Yeah, it looks theatrical and super cool and whatever. And then, okay, well, noted. And go find them. Right. You, you see it real life. You mentioned that media
0: referral. That is really an interesting comment because we, on Monday mornings when we would come into the office, you know, usually on the weekend, there'd be some local piece about some project or something, and there'd always be a picture in there that was full of violations. Mm. And oh, Bonita yeah. used to cut those out and hand them out to the guys and say, go do this, go do this, go do this. You know, so I used to tell all my friends and now clients, don't do pictures you know don't have your company logo on your shirt standing on the top plate of your step ladder yeah. and smiling you know because yeah. they're or, coming on
1: or if you are going to do those things at least loop in the safety guy mm-hmm. yeah, no you kidding. know <laughs> i mean right because even if even if and i don't condone this i want you to fix it on the front end mm-hmm. but with you know you can do some wild things and on the back end mm-hmm. right so <laughs> You know, putting extra straps on respirators that oh my you know God, what I mean yeah. that that yeah. weren't on in the first place. Mm-hmm. You can fix that and in, in post, right? Oh, you probably
0: um, fix a lot of that stuff now.
1: Yeah, which I don't, I don't condone or recommend we do that. But if uh, we're trying to maintain that so bad. perception being reality, like, hey, let's make sure we're doing the right thing, number one. But if we're not bringing somebody in to at least screen those, yeah, so we don't look
0: like you know the movie people that. Or, you know, portraying Navy SEALs, usually bring a Navy SEAL in to comment on the... You or know to what we train should do, them. man? Yeah. We need to start... We need to be consultants to the Home and Garden TV network with all of those remodeling and yes. home improvement shows. Yeah. Because every one of those is full of violations. We
1: might have to cut that out because that's our retirement plan. Is that, that a... Might? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've already patented, patented that, so
0: hands off. Yeah. Forget about it. But. It used to be like watching Dirty Jobs, and I love Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe is one of my heroes, man. But they were always doing some questionable questionable
1: shit on those. Do they get the cinematic exemption?
0: Oh, well, there's probably been some higher level negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a little, you know— quid pro quo or something sure. going on somewhere, but yeah, hey, they should I shouldn't. need
1: my shed remodeled real quick. Yeah, yeah,
0: no doubt. <laughs> yeah, the assistant secretary never has any doors that don't close no. or whatever, you know. But it's interesting, man. So, yeah, the fall protection.
1: You know, and I you know, just I was really.
0: Do it, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, man, I mean, I think to Mark Damon's point, it is so complicated. You really can't leave this to your employees to be the, they're not competent persons no. typically,
1: right? You know the e- the easy part of fall protection is commercial construction.
0: That's much easier, easy, yeah, right? Because it's
1: usually the same time and time and time again, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, before we get into residential problems, I wanted to make a comment for this particular entity that hosted this training. They came up to me and they're like, "Thank you for saying that, right?" Because my thing for the six foot shock absorbers, I said, "You know what this is? Trash." You know, and I have yeah. all the versions of it. I said, This is trash. This is trash. <laughs> this is trash. You know, not because I took it off of the construction site and it doesn't pass inspection. It's mm-hmm. trash. It's because it, it is. Don't buy it. It's, it's the best place it's trash. for that thing is on the retail shelf because you never bought it. Mm-hmm. And some of the problem is what the box stores are stocking, mm-hmm. right? Because if you go to, you know, pick your poison, brick and mortar, most of them do not stock adequate amounts or the right kind of srls pfls you know the self-retractors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the incorrect types the classification you know if you want to get into the one or the two or the a or the b whatever we want to do with the changes now but they always have the wrong ones right i get the the 100 foot self-retracting lifeline okay how are we supposed to work with that normally right directly overhead, overhead right sure. we get our we get our 30 office of center or, 30 and 30 for a total of 60 or whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like. Whatever mom says, but how are guys using it? HLL. Yeah. Right? They're walking perpendicular with it. They're not working underneath of it. That's true. So it's not leading edge rated, and problem, right? Right. Right. So, you know, we're stocking their own stuff or we're not educating people. Like, why is this lanyard $300 and this lanyard is $30? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if I got fifty guys to outfit, thirty dollars looks a lot more appealing yes. than three hundred dollars a pop. No doubt. So I think, you know, that that is stocking in box stores are some of the problem. Yes, training and educating people certainly, certainly we can do part better. Of the problem, but no, I think you're right. I think, you know, this cost issue is
0: always going to be a problem particularly when we're talking about the residential small contractor groups that maybe don't have the resources. I mean, you go to Kiewit, they can probably afford decent fall protection, you know, but some of these companies don't and won't, mm-hmm. and they can't build the price. It can't build it into the price. You know, I've got a good friend who is uh, he owns a, a kind of commercial industrial subcontracting. I don't want to get into too great a detail, but... We were having a conversation the other day about the fact that they work for general contractors that refuse their bids because they have put all this, the safety, you know, maybe we've we've quoted guardrails into this, or maybe we've quoted other things into this. And they come back and say, that's too high, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, so now they're, in order to compete in the marketplace, you've got to... Yeah. what like swallow your integrity and 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 not do it or or refuse to do it mm-hmm. but you got to put food on the table you're trying to i mean the position that they're put in sometimes is just uh, untenable yeah.
1: man yeah that's across the board right you for fall protection and then the guys who get into the ground right And the the playing field's not even, right? Mm -hmm. Because everything costs money, I get it, Mm -hmm. right? But we're not looking apples to apples, bids, right? right? Because if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. with the fall protection and all the stuff, and if we don't own it, we have to buy it or rent it. And so we got to build that in. Somebody's paying for that, right? Somebody has to pay for it. But when we do that, until we've been accustomed to that, there's going to tick work speed down a little bit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But more so in the ground, those guys who are digging, right? Because I got to put a box in there. I got to move a box. I got to assemble a box. I got to do all the stuff. That takes time. Oh, yeah, man. You know, and tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, we don't, when we got a bid for a company that is just digging and kicking in the pipe, or we got a bid for the guys who are digging, putting a box in, putting the fall protection up, doing all the stuff. Time changes and dollars change. That could be significant. It, days yeah, significantly hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. depending on the, side of the size of the project. Right. So until everybody's on the same page. That's a real tough one, man. I know. The, the fault protection
0: stuff is tough, but man, you the excavation stuff is really tough. I mean, when you're looking at that residential plumber or somebody that has to come out here and tie your house into the main or mm-hmm. whatever, and they dig a 12-foot deep hole, and they're down in there looking for just the as bu- wide as just, a bucket. Yeah. To make, yeah. <laughs> as wide as a bucket and nothing. And I, I see that out, you know, I mean, we live in a neighborhood that was developed over the last five years and I would see that all through the neighborhood mm-hmm. and I would just look on in horror, you know, and, but what's the solution for those guys? I mean, can that three man plumbing outfit afford some kind of sophisticated shoring or something or I mean if somebody that was smart could come up with a solution for that that would be affordable and u- usable right that would be a godsend because dragging, you know, boxes around with a with a excavator or putting in yeah. shoring,
1: you know, if somebody wants to throw dog and ice and bones yes. for all of our great ideas maybe yeah. we turn it into like a Netflix, right? We get Pick Your Rental Company. Hey, you know, Based off the size of your outfit, you know, you pay us, you know, X retainer fee and then a monthly installment of blah, 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 and we'll, we'll hook you up with what you mm-hmm, need, mm-hmm. right? So then it's kind of a, a flat fixed cost and they can, I don't know. Maybe deal with that cost a little better. But yeah, until everybody's on the same page, there was an outfit and somebody will fact check it hopefully, but it was in Colorado and I want to say Fort Collins area that somebody got killed in a trench and the city or the County, I forget which they said, if you are caught in a trench without protections on any of our projects, for sure. And I don't know if um, you're banned from bidding work for the municipality. Wow. Good for them. Right. So then now we just evened the playing field. Right. Right. So until we get there, Right. You know, and then we tie that back to residential fall protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same deal, right? You know, guys are out and...
0: That's a big deal. I mean, when the owners are stipulating that this must be done. I, I, again, I have another client that is in a situation, a very difficult situation, because the work that has to be done has a hazard exposure that's difficult to control, not very timely to control, but the owner of the project is saying, I don't give a shit. Just get it done. This is what we contracted. This is what we agreed to? And, you know, and so maybe something was, I'm not suggesting something was missed, but maybe this was missed in the bidding portion, or mm-hmm. maybe when they were laying out the work and planning it, maybe it was missed, but it's there now and they've identified it and they're trying to address it. And they're not getting a lot of sympathy from the owner, you know, and that is really frustrating. Yeah. You know, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, what do you do? You know, I mean, retract it, say, yeah, yeah, I mean, midway through. I feel so bad for them. You know, they're, they absolutely want to do the work, but they've identified this problem. They want to do it safely and correctly. And uh, I
1: feel for them because it's, they're in a difficult position. Yeah. What do you do? Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, it's painful. You know, I've talked to some roofers, residential guys, like, oh, yeah, you know, because if I put an anchor in, what do I have to do? Most the nine times, nine and a half out of 10 times, what do I have to do? Well,
0: you got to pull gotta it make, out and fill those, those I holes with the penetrations, penetration. Yeah, right? man.
1: So until we get, you know, homeowners like, oh, I don't want that, right? Well, it's going to leak. It's going to be, you know, that. And then I'm uh, like, okay, our next option is do leave in anchors, right? Mm-hmm. When we construct it. No, that looks ugly, right? So that some people don't do that. Well, it kind of brings me back to uh, fences. I'm not a fence guy, right? But we've all seen the wood fences, right? And then they have the horizontal bars that the slats get anchored to, Mm -hmm. right? Those are supposed to be facing the home, not the street. The the slats and stuff? Well, so if I got my fence. You got the vertical. And I got the horizontal outward, Mm -hmm. that's wrong, Oh, yeah, facing out? Yes. It's supposed to be facing in, so the fence is pretty for everybody. The pretty side is for us, not for the owner. Right. So I think that fencing, and I wish they would do this, you want it done that way? Okay, that's great. Another 20% more to do Mm -hmm. it incorrectly, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the same thing for fall protection. Hey, you don't want me to have, you know, blah, 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 you know, the bids, now it's more. Mm
0: -hmm. Which it should be
1: because if I got to pull in a a portable fall protection, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. right? That's a, I can remember, gosh, it's been many years ago when I was the compliance assistance guy. I would go out to the home builders and talk to them about, you know, why can't we leave the anchors in? Maybe install the anchors on the ground, in the peak or whatever. So we're flying this stuff into place, leave them there. So then when they're sheathing and, you know, roofing the house, the anchors are there, we can leave them there. And, you know, then anybody that comes out to, you know, install your antenna or whatever has something to if they would tie off to, and they were always, Oh no, I'm not taking that liability. No way. You know that, you know, they're somebody's going to hook off to it or tie off to it and fall. And then I'm going to get sued. And I just thought, you know, this is cowardice, man.
1: You know, everybody's too happy
0: there. You know, it was always a liability. I'm not taking any liability. And I, I've never been sued. Hopefully I'll I'm never sued. I've never experienced that. I'm sure it's awful, but it's not going to change unless it's it, it gets board. in that in that build design mm-hmm. phase,
1: right? Yeah, we gotta we gotta it's build these things in. Yeah, certainly right. we can bolt them on and all cart the stuff, mm-hmm. but that's part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is you know a dongle for this and an adapter for that and a widget for this and yeah, like build it in. It needs Just, to go into the design. And I get that you know sometimes dollars come into play, but oh my gosh, man, you know buying a $60 dongle for my iPad. It's goofy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I can plug it into an HDMI. Like, you know, vo- a la carte, like, people aren't going to buy you know, and you look at, like, the presses and the shears and the the light bars and the curtains and the pressure sense in, like, all the safety features that we want, a la carte. It's not all on that. Cart. It's not that base <laughs> right. price. But I don't have to, hey, I also want seat belts in my car. I don't have to do that comes that way. Yeah. Why can't the things come that way?
0: The automakers kind of get it. I mean, the automakers actually realize that their drivers aren't going to get any better. In fact, they're probably going to get worse. And so we've got to build the cars, you know, and I think Todd Conklin told me this, but we're not building these cars not to have accidents. We're building them to survive accidents because those dumbasses are going to have accidents. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about that. My proposal was that at least 50% of the driving Americans need to have their licenses revoked and not be allowed to drive because
1: Well I'm a big proponent of that. We and, give them away like training, like, you know, every, yeah. you know, after, well, you guys were kind of talking about it on the last podcast. I think after a certain point, we got to, you know, or no, it was a different podcast. Sorry, Doug. Um, but after a certain age, you know, then you know it's every, a frequency kicks yeah. in, right? After age, you know, forty-five, it's every right, every five or ten, and then it, you know, whatever that looks like, I don't know. But I'm a big right. advocate for training and I retraining, so. and yeah,
0: you know, this is one. Of, I was going to ask you about your pet peeves. Mm-hmm. You, do you have any other safety pet peeves? I'll tell you mine. Well, somebody calls me and says, "How often do I have to do this training?" Mm-hmm. And you look at the OSHA regulation, and if you're willing to go through the regulations. Most of them give you a training frequency, not all of them. And they're not all the same. You know, it's very inconsistent, but okay, this one you have to train initially. And then maybe if there's some red flag that goes up or this one's annual or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I think the frequency should be be based on the, the hazard and the relevance to your workplace. Like you guys do a lot of confined space entry, train every quarter. Yeah. That's a high Risk activity, Absolutely. you know, train every quarter. Well, does it say I have to? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it says train once. It doesn't even say train annually in the confined space standard. I don't think. You bare know, bare
1: bones, bare like, bones. Why? What are we doing here? Yeah, my my answer to that when I get asked that question, how often do I need to do this? it just I don't even normally I just leave it annually. Period. Mm-hmm. That, well, it makes more sense to do people. it do it initially and do it annually, right? New hire and then annually, yeah. and then. You know, at at the minimum. Right. Yeah. You know, you look at first aid CPR two years because yeah. people forget yeah, or no it's doubt. not, you know, part of their every day. Right. As an instructor, my question was, how often do I have to have my card? Well, if I train classes, that's sufficient and I don't ever have to re up my card as a trainer. Since so you're going through the material right. regularly. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is why I shouldn't have to have a 10-hour card if I'm a trainer. <laughs> no doubt, right. Man. Right. Um but when I do when I do that and you know most specifically in my stop to bleed classes that I put on I say you're gonna do this. I don't leave it up as an option for you mm-hmm. to do hands-on. Like it's part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna do it, right? We're Tourniquets gonna, and stuff. We're gonna tourniquet, wound pack, mm-hmm. occlusive dressing. You know all this stuff. You're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yep. Good for you, man. That
0: that is a really
1: important
0: piece of information. Everybody should have that. Class. Oh yeah, it's Everybody. great. Good for you,
1: you know. And I say you're going to do it here, right? Mm-hmm. I don't leave it up to you know because you get the shy folks, Go and then home you and get practice. the people who talk to, oh yeah, yeah, this and that, and then you get the <laughs> oh, that stuff guy. in their hands, and they're the worst <laughs> right, with it. Right. Um, but I make people do it because this is the last time you're going to do it, unless you do it for real until you actually need it, right? Yeah, that's a great. And point. if you don't build that at least that one rep muscle memory, mm-hmm. you're going to have no idea, zero less of an idea, then, you know, cause you forget, you yeah. get nervous, you know, everybody fight, fight, flee, freeze. And, you know, everybody handles situations a little bit differently, but We're if you've sure. never done it before, you know, it's not it, going to be favorable. It's not going to be good. Yeah. So totally drilling agree. that
0: anything that is done under stress or duress is going to go to shit unless you've practiced it and have it really thoroughly, yeah. you know, that's why
1: Shouldn't say it too loud, but you used to be able to haze people when I was in the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. You can't do that anymore. Right. And there's
0: there's a purpose behind it to some degree. If it's
1: done correctly, Mm -hmm. right. There was purpose behind it. Right. Right. Because you can only replicate so much to, you know, wild things happening. Right. 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 So doing it and drilling it is one way to do it. Right. Confined space rescue. We hope that it never happens. But if you've only ever sat through one class or watched one video mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. are you gonna remember and then what to something's do?
0: going to shit in that space and now we've got to get that guy out yeah. of the pool i've watched this with my clients come apart
1: even in you a know? controlled training setting mm-hmm. right you know if you poke the bear a little bit and everybody kind of gets a little bit you know juiced up feed them some coffee and <laughs> get them, get them, really get hyped them a up little and, bit juiced and yeah then, you know we start you know we if we don't focus and slow everything down and people start yelling and getting frustrated and mm-hmm. they forget what they're doing.
0: I, I totally agree. I mean, it's even like the, uh, emergency action plans, you know, the tornado shelter, the evacuation, you know, you remember what those were like, man. Okay. We're going to do a fire evacuation, drill at two, And the alarm goes off and everybody's, you know, finishing their coffee, mm-hmm. grabbing their stuff, walking to the, you know, talking to their friends, Gotta stop and use the bathroom first. Right. And I I just watch those and think, if this ever happens for real, we don't have a chance. Because it's so it, you know, they don't put any effort or consideration into the drills. You know, the like you were saying, like in the like in the core, like the drills need to simulate reality to the degree that we are capable of doing that. Yeah. You know? I mean, my buddy Jim Steele down at Airlight Plastics does a thing, or at least used to, where they would set up scenarios out in the plant. They'd have a guy like down on the ground. They would simulate maybe some, like an accident had occurred or something. There'd be a an index card sure. on his, this
1: you is know, what's wrong.
0: Yeah, I've had a heart attack or I was hit by a forklift or whatever. And then you know they would wait until the first passerby would see that and hopefully initiate the. response to see what happened and usually it would just be yeah total cluster you know (laughs) what are you doing down there tommy
1: wake up man you know just
0: just. i mean i think that's we're gonna get what we deserve sometimes you know yeah unfortunately do you have any other pet peeves
1: um i think for that really
0: drive you crazy it doesn't have to even be safety man oh there's,
1: (laughs) there's a couple things you know safety related like not wearing fall pro correctly having the wrong stuff it's just like the laziness There's, there's no that. excuse anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest, I think the biggest, there's probably no safety glasses. To me, that's a non-negotiable, right? Like, yeah. it's easy to put them on and so wear them. Easy. And they're so comfortable and yeah. useful now. You know, if you buy the $3 ones or you buy a $300 set or anywhere is in between, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's non-negotiable. We shouldn't be doing much of anything without them on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the phrase... Common sense. It's common sense. Right. It's not common mm-hmm. if you've never done it. Right. right. Like, if I said, Doug, I need you to get this two forty up on this tripod and you know put a burst on X target. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've have no idea, D- Doug. It's common sense. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody knows. How everybody to do knows that. how to do that. Yeah. That's no, a, they don't. That's the kiss of death, man. Right. We gotta. You know, we have to train our people. You know. And, and parents to kids, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can't get mad at your kid if drives a car for fifteen thousand miles without an oil change. If you never told them, "Hey, you need to do this," or "Hey, this is how this is done," you can't get mad at them for that. They don't know, mm-hmm. right? How are they supposed to know? That's a great example. It's not common sense to them, right? So I don't, I don't like the phrase "common sense."
0: Mm-hmm. That's really annoying, man. I totally get it. And when the old guys are like, "Well, he should know that," or "That is common sense." Um, everybody's coming into these jobs particularly now with different backgrounds and experiences, you know, bringing guys off the farm that have had a lot of mechanical experience and have worked hard. That's almost a thing of the past. You know, now kids are coming to you, they're coming into your industrial or construction work site from, you know, Arby's.
1: Yeah. Well, there's that. And then there's, you know, more and more people are following what the laws say. Right. So wage and hour DOL says, Thou can't do right. You can't operate a forklift until you're 18. Mm -hmm. You can't run a saw until you're 18. (laughs) Right. You can't do hazardous work until you're old enough. I remember doing that stuff as a little duffer on the farm, (laughs) right? Right. right. And then I worked for some family members and I did all that stuff Mm -hmm. prior to that. So the transition into the workforce at the younger age was easier, right? For Mm -hmm. folks back then where now, if we're doing it correctly, you know, I yield the question all the time. What well, can my summer help kids do and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, if we're doing it correctly and we're not letting them do that, they're coming into the workforce with less practical hands on mm-hmm. experience. So common sense is not so mm-hmm. common. Right. Yeah, that's correct, man. So that that, that is a, me. that's a frustrating cop out.
0: I one of my pet peeves is the um, I, I've never been a safety cop. Personally, I just that's not my mentality. My temperament doesn't work well with just shouting at guys over, you know. Um, and the more you listen to the safety two people and that kind of thing, the more you listen to Todd Conklin and those guys, the more you realize that's just in vain to be approaching it that way. But I used to struggle with the safety know it all, you know, mm. the guy that knows better. And I've been doing this long enough to know that I don't know very much. You know, I certainly don't know a lot about. Human behavior and, and how we manage those kind of things. Uh, you can learn a lot about the regulations. Most of my OSHA friends know a lot about the regulations, but they've never implemented a safety program. They don't know what goes into doing that, you know, and so they they're oblivious to the challenges of taking what it says in that regulation and applying it out in the field, right. making it, making it happen. You know, that is really, I really have a lot of respect for people that actually apply that well out in the field. It is really a skill,
1: you know? Yeah. The more, you know, the more, at least for me, this is how I look at it. The more I know about safety, the more I realize I don't know about safety. It's so vast, right? You can't know everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been to, I couldn't even tell you how many trainings, right? Mm -hmm. Classes and webinars and all this stuff. And then, you know, you forget stuff and then you retake, you know, a different version or another class. Like, Oh, yeah. And I remember that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're always relearning, which I think is important to your point about the 10 hour repeating the 10 hour. man. I think it's important to relearn that stuff, you know, because you forget. Where
0: where, where do you go for what kind of resources do you use? Um, Are you uh, do you like to read? You go into the books and read Uh, about safety? If it
1: doesn't have pictures, I'm out. Pictures, no, I'm just kidding. classes, uh, I, I, podcasts. What do you? What do you? Where do you
0: go to? I mean, you're a, obviously a curious guy. You want to learn more. Yeah. Where do you get that?
1: So, information. I, I subscribe to newsletters. Excellent. Now, do I read? I would say nine out of ten of them you just get un, unread, so that bubble goes away, and then they go to the trash. Uh-huh. Um, but I subscribe to those, and I'll kind of go through those when I have time. And then there's a few entities out there that are always pushing webinars. Mm-hmm. So I'll sit in on those if mm-hmm. I have time. Um, I like in-person classes. I do too. Um, so I'll try to go to those. There's a few bucket list items that I got that I'm looking to do um, to, to learn more. Um, I'll do some podcasts. Um, a lot of the safety podcasts out there. Um, I'm not saying that cause I'm here on this one, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this is my favorite one that talks safety Um, just most of the other ones are, it's all based around like ads and this product and, Mm -hmm. you know, or you don't, I don't learn anything. Yeah. You know, they're, they're recapping, uh, whatever they're trying to sell a product or, um, and then for me, some of podcasts are like, if the person doesn't get me, like if I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy the way that they're talking about something, (laughs) I'm out on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I
0: told Yeah. if it's not. Not in that whatever your comfort zone is for conversation
1: or something. Yeah, or, you know, I hate to say it because my voice probably annoys a lot of people too, but, like, if their voice isn't, like, <laughs> then I'm like, ah, I don't <laughs> well, know. Well, I lost half my day. viewers. Yeah, are, I, I are got that going for, for you. They they checked out already. Yeah. Um, but I'll listen to, like, coaching and leadership podcasts. I just... I was fortunate enough to go to a conference not too long ago, and I listened to this guy's name's Jake Thompson. He came out and he's like a motivational speaker. He talked. Um, so I listened to his podcast, they're really short clips, um, nice. you know, five to 15 to half an hour. So you can do it. Um, you know, the five minute one you could listen to if you're in your ice bath, right? Mm-hmm. Which I do the plunge. Do to, you? Yeah. Awesome, so, bro. Awesome. I don't have the, I'm not as. Extensive. I don't have the regulator, uh-huh. so it, it it's varies. It's damn cold. <laughs> yeah, the colder the better. I think. Right? Yeah. Um. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about that last week. Yeah. Um. But so you it, just
0: throw ice into a bathtub or something, or how do so you? So I it?
1: bought a. I bought a like a. It's called a portable okay. deal. It's just over a hundred bucks. Okay. Um. It, it's not insulated, right? So, as we transition to warmer weather, I'm just going to have to eat more ice. I gotcha. But you can buy molds off Amazon. You keep it
0: out in your garage? Or?
1: Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going to be cute and put it on the deck. And then it was cold and I didn't want to do it. And I was scared.
0: <laughs> um, I'm with you, man. And
1: then the whole thing just froze solid. Yep. And I spent like three hours chipping ice out of this thing. Yeah. And how many yeah. gallons is it? Do you know? Oh, it's a lot. It's like 40 by 40 by 40. It's big. Holy shit! You could fit two people in there. Like no I can kidding. sit in there however I want. Good for you, crisscross or good spread for you, eagle, man. whatever. I'm I'm
0: impressed. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So it's good for you. The colder the better. I I yeah. found yes. that it, for me at least in there. I get I feel like I get the most benefit when it's colder. And you don't I mean, really need the same duration if it's extremely cold like that. At least yeah, from what well, I listen
0: to and read. And
1: yeah, which I don't do. Right. I'm not. But a few minutes yeah so going my for a few my goal or? is three and a half mm-hmm, that's a pretty that's about right in the wheelhouse um man. you know i I listen to people that have done the research for me mm-hmm. that I trust mm-hmm. and then I just eh, if these guys are doing that's good enough for me and I'm yeah, you know in mean? that's what I do. well Andrew Huberman told me that you need about eleven minutes a week that's kind of I'm on this Facebook deal and that's kind of mm-hmm. what everybody's like posting like mm-hmm. this is what you need yeah that's to, awesome. to reap the benefits but uh, my goal is three and a half a day
0: good for you, man, yeah, that's when awesome. I'm home. Yeah. Yep. Let me ask you something else. So you travel a lot. I travel a lot. What do you do when you drive? Um I'll do you, are, do you listen to music? Do you like it quiet? Do you just think? I mean, what do you pray? What do you do when you're driving?
1: Um, I do a little bit of everything, right? A little bit of music. Um, I only have one Spotify account. Well, my wife does. So like, she always if she gets on it, like, it boots me off. So then I can't <laughs> listen to like Joe Rogan. Right. Um, right. So I listen to him when I go on long drives because his podcasts are really long. Yeah, right? I like Joe. But always, I'm always current on yours. Thank you. Um, there's a couple other people that I've kind of been bouncing around with, like, business and money and, and leadership. So I've, um, I'll have i kind of bounce back and forth on that. Um, That's interesting, yeah. What the flavor is there. A little bit of music. Sometimes it's quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to turn the music down so I can think or see better.
0: Right. right. I, I do too, yeah. Um, I get too much stimulation and I, I, I start feeling a little distracted. So there are times where I'll just shut it off completely and just drive in silence. And then just, you know, just, I can be with my own thoughts and, you know, a little bit more contemplative, but I have to admit yesterday, I went down to do help with this training. And uh, one of my topics was cranes, construction cranes. And I am by no means an expert. So I actually pulled up a podcast, kind of a podcast, more of just like a YouTube video, on cranes and listen to that for about 20 minutes and it just kind of refreshed.
1: Yeah. Some, hey, of, I want to talk some about of the this stuff or... had been,
0: I'd never learned before, but some of it I kind of had kind of forgotten about. Yeah. So that was nice. I do that on occasion. If there's a subject that I need to be refreshed on, I'll do that. Right. But I typically don't listen to safety stuff. When I drive, I typically listen to more, you know, more like the motivational sure. stuff or leadership stuff, or, you know, I'm trying to learn, learn more about, um, like electrical safety. So I want to know more about electricity and power generation and things like that. So you can subject matter things that come up and I'm like, Oh, that's yeah applicable. I can kind of weave that into my approach or whatever. Yeah, I that's know. cool. There's just so much. Someone sent me recently a really interesting link to a history podcast, which is really fascinating. A lot of world war one,
1: world war two yeah, stuff. There's uh... some brilliant stuff. He appeared on Jocko's podcast a couple times, but there's a guy his name's John Strykermeyer. He's got a podcast. So mm-hmm. he was a SOG guy back in mm-hmm. Vietnam and in oh, all of the countries that we the original we SOG guys. In. Yeah. Yeah. So he started his own podcast with all of those guys and they tell all of their 'cause oh they're gosh. they're past their, you know, twenty year NDA so stuff. they can talk. Yeah. And the stories I've Would not you send that are wild. To me? Yeah, I can. I would love to hear that. Yeah, it's super neat. What a generation of guys, man. Oh. That that conflict for whatever reason fascinated me the most. Mhm. And then and then the Iraqi conflict. Mhm. And I don't know if it was like the fighting style or just mm-hmm. which you participated about it. in. Um, not OIF. I was in OEF, okay. Operation Enduring Freedom, so I was in Afghanistan, not Iraq. Okay. Okay. I was a little bit too young. Well, I wasn't too young, but I mean to get to push like an O three O four. I mm-hmm. I missed that boat by okay. a few years.
0: Mm-hmm. Was that Operation Iraqi Freedom or yeah
1: in or Desert like the, Storm? The, or? Well, the initial was Desert Storm, right? Okay. That's like your '90s era folk, but uh, mm-hmm. like two thousand three four. That's okay. Operation. Iraqi I was Freedom. working
0: for the DoD during Desert Shield, which preceded Desert Storm. It was kind of the ramp up, sure. And you know, and and. I mean, I'm not suggesting I had anything to do with the conflict other than I was with the DOD at that time. And it was interesting to see the wheels turning within the DOD, the preparation and stuff, you know, just at what level I could see it, which was, you know, looking through the window. I wasn't in, you know, really interesting. I had a—I know this is totally off subject, but going back to the Vietnam Mm -hmm. conflict, the war, the time, um, I worked for a gentleman when I was with DOD— was about two or three levels above me and he was a really good leader and we were civilians really good leader of civilians he had been in the military and he had been a pow in vietnam for like five years that's crazy and this guy nothing phased this guy as you would imagine sure he was cool calm and collected during anything and everything that 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 world could throw, this world could throw at him because he'd been through something that was so intense and different that the little petty shit that we all get all bunched up about, he didn't even think about it, man. Yeah. Didn't even, he'd just stand there by his door and just kind of take it in, watch, you know, coordinate, real interesting guy. I, I I liked him very much. That's neat. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I don't know the detail of his story. Sure. I'm sure it was I would love to listen to that podcast. Yeah,
1: I'll get I'll get the link sent over to you. Very you know, cool. I I say I want to but I don't I don't take any action on it, but it's <laughs> it's on the bucket list to buy a couple of these, get a a recorder mm-hmm. and go around to like and just bounce around to the DAVs and the VFWs and try to capture these guys' stories before they're all gone. That would be fantastic. I know. I'm a day late and a dollar short to get a lot of the Mm -hmm. WWII guys, but, you know, and the Mm -hmm. Vietnam guys are kind of trickling out too. But Mm -hmm. I want to try to go in there and, like, hey, sit down for an hour or three hours or whatever and just capture these guys' stories Mm -hmm. because I think that if they're, you know, willing to share, right? Yeah.
0: But, I mean, having your background, having
1: served, having been overseas,
0: they would – more likely open up to you than right. anyone else. And yeah. a younger guy who's actually curious about it. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's a great endeavor, man. I think uh, that stuff needs to be archived. Yeah. You know, it needs to be captured somehow.
1: Because otherwise, it just... History goes away. It does. Right? And, like those and then people we're forced have to repeat fascinating it. Fascinating right? stories, right? Mm-hmm. So for their grandkids or great-grandkids, for that to be digital, yeah. I think would be kind of cool. Good for you. So it's on the bucket well, list. I haven't done so it So those
0: of you that are interested in that, you can send money in here, and we'll yep, get it to I've Ezra. I've got a Venmo
1: for sure. We'll get it to Ezra <laughs>
0: so he can get that project started because that's an important project. My buddy, uh, Steve Jordan, was an OSHA compliance officer, served in Vietnam, Marine Corps. Um, right. So he's one of your guys, and um, he was like a scout sniper or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know the details, but he wasn't the guy that laid up in the perch. He would accompany— these little squads that would go out into the bush, you know. Um, had some injuries, sustained some injuries from combat. Then ended up at OSHA for a while. And uh, really interesting guy, That's Stevie. Cool. Yeah, great yeah. guy. I could hook you up with him because he's in town here. Yeah, that'd be great. He had some interesting stories and what little he shared. I can remember my relatives, my great grandfather or my grandfather my great uncle my dad's uncle were all world war ii guys and when i was a child which is a long time ago i would hear their stories and you just sit there in awe you know because these guys were young men when they were they were barely men when they were doing this stuff yeah
1: i was on the plane incredible i downloaded a couple videos to watch on my netflix um, I downloaded Hacksaw Ridge, which I've seen that a couple of times. That's great. And yep. then I downloaded Fury. Oh, yeah, and the tank one. Yeah. The the flights weren't long enough to get through it, but just, like, thinking back on the lack of technology that they had, the lack of technical apparel that right. they had, footwear, like, all of the, the controversy and the adv- adverse everything that those guys had to, yeah. you know. And obviously, it, you know it's Hollywood, so a lot of the the fight scenes and that stuff is kind of ramped up. But you know, Saving mm-hmm. Private Ryan, like you just look at that and you think about like how wild that is, mm-hmm. and then like the lack of today's technology that they had. It's on, you know, it's get, amazing. getting around yeah. in a foreign country with without a digital map. <laughs> I can't even hardly get around to Omaha without my I know, maps, man, so. without the GPS anymore.
0: <laughs> man, what, how are we doing for time? Uh, what time I don't had? know what time we started. Oh, we're running over. We're a little bit long. Okay, man, I got one last question yes, for sir. you. And maybe you can, I, I know this might not lend itself to a concise, concise answer, but if you weren't doing this safety thing, what would you be doing? you have a hobby or you have another passion that might be something that you would be involved in? Oh,
1: that's great. Um, I really enjoy the training aspect of what I do, Uh so I do like that. Um, But if I wasn't doing this, you know, I got three little people, right? Mm -hmm. Almost eight months, almost three, and four, right? Mm -hmm. So my hobbies are my kids right now just because, you know, there's only so much time. Of course, um, but I, you know, I think the last time we talked, I kind of talked about shooting a bow and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So you can
0: actually show me how to do that at some yeah, point. Yeah,
1: we can, we can do maybe that. Maybe this we'll,
0: spring or summer, we yeah. can go over to Chris's place and yeah. do that.
1: And then go eat some and shrimp. Go over, and grits. go over to the yeah.
0: cornbread shed That's and right. get a shrimp po' boy or something. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great.
1: Um But outdoor activities, right? If maybe I maybe
0: guide or something.
1: Uh, or? I don't know if I'm. I'm probably not good enough for that. But that would be fun, right? To spend my time. In the outdoors, there's a, a YouTube that uh, my oldest and my wife and I watch. It's called Outdoor Boys. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's kind of evolved a little bit over time. But it's this guy, and he's always going camping. Um, and usually he takes one of his three boys with him. Nice. So it's it's pretty neat. So that'd be great doing if something you could do that with children. Yeah. You know, I I tried to buy into the retirement plan on Monday. Um, I scanned all three tickets, and they said, "Sorry, you got to go back to work." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, believe
1: me, I know. We're can, uh, we're talking
0: that same talk, and uh, I think we'll just keep working for a little while. Yeah, you know what?
1: I don't know what the odds of winning something like that is, but yeah, I had three three chances in there to pull my ticket, and I didn't. <laughs> so, I'm back to work.
0: Back to work, at least for another week, man. Yeah. Well it's been a pleasure, man. I we've actually, this is, we've gone way over the hour just because it's just so easy to have the conversation.
1: That's good. The
0: information is fantastic. And I hope everything works out all right with that. that Yeah, it'll it'll be going on. It doesn't strike me as, as a, as a problem, but it is, it is frustrating. Sometimes the agency can be frustrating and gosh, I have good friends in the agency. I have a lot of respect for the agency and the mission, but just the way that the, process works can be somewhat frustrating yeah at times. i
1: think you know when when it's i'm gonna keep everything close to my my chest and mm-hmm. you know under my book only and for you know need to know basis and you mm-hmm. don't need to know you know there's not it's not as transparent as i think that it should be yeah um you know you did the podcast with um michael mike rubin yeah really um, sharp guy you know there's guys like him that are putting the content out there for people Mm -hmm. to be like, okay. Right. So the education is out there. We just got to find it. Mm -hmm. And I think we just need to figure out how, how can we be more transparent? Right. I get, they got a job to do. And you know, I love the mission, right. Keeping people safe. I just, it's, it's more of a, I can't really, it depends. Right. Mm -hmm. Like ocean technical term, Mm -hmm. it depends. Yeah. So (laughs) if it was more, you know, I tell people the only thing black and white and safety is the paper and text. That's about it. Right. So if it were more black and white and a little bit more transparent, I think the process would be a little bit easier for, for everybody involved. I would agree. That's a great comment.
0: Good way to end.
1: Ezra, thanks, Doug, man. It was great. It's been a pleasure.
0: Awesome. It's good to see you, brother. Hey, likewise. Have a good weekend with those younger young'uns. That sounds yeah, like fun. Yeah, be fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's starting to get nice out, so we I get think outside. we're going to have a
0: great weekend. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, some really interesting comments today. So I hope it spawned something in you, uh, something to think about. If you ever have questions or comments, please let us know. Uh, other than that, have a great weekend, and I will see you next Friday. Later.
1: A Huda Media Production.